This is a podcast by The Straits Times and Money FM 89.3. Well, Hong Kong police raided the premises of the closed June 4th museum, that museum dedicated to victims of China's 1989 crackdown on pro-democracy protesters around Beijing's Tiananmen Square. It comes as a dozen Hong Kong activists pleaded guilty to charges related to a vigil last year to commemorate the Tiananmen Square crackdown. Meanwhile, the city has also just announced changes to its Mm. vaccination drive. Joining us on the line now to share more is Claire Huang, Hong Kong correspondent at The Straits Times. Claire, welcome back. Hi, Rachel and Tim. Let's start off with the changes from the vaccination drive in Hong Kong. So both the health secretary, uh, Sophia Chan, and the civil service secretary, Patrick Nip, announcing changes to the inoculation program. So what are the changes? Tim, the government's target vaccination rate for Hong Kong is 70% of the eligible population, that is, those aged 12 and above. And for them to have the first jab, initially this was by end August uh, and they had to push it back, um, you know, to change it to end September. And today, earlier, just the conference just wrapped up, uh, Mr. Nip said that it looks like this target will only be hit by end October. Um, So the bottleneck now we are having is with seniors, particularly those aged 80, over 80. So the take-up rate among the seniors are low, um, despite the fact that they are the ones who need the jabs the most. Mm -hmm. So Mr. Nip also announced that the number of vaccination centers in Hong Kong, there are currently 26 of them, five were closed. Because demand, you know, um, with a vaccination rate going up, demand also goes down. So, you know, they're they're making changes and they're adjusting that. Um, But they are uh, going to uh, let the vaccination centres remain open until the end of the year. Claire, what's being done to help incentivise these seniors to go and get vaccinated? Well, right now what's going on is that um, they are going to do more aggressive mm-hmm. uh, uh, outreach programs to um, the nursing homes, mm-hmm. you know, to uh, the malls, public housing estates. So I think one of the things that the government is going to try to do now is to um, get the district councillors who are on the ground to work with the social workers and they're going to go and see, you know, because we've got a lot of um, uh, seniors who are living alone mm-hmm. uh, in uh, subdivided flats and things like that. So uh, I think that what they're going to do is just to move into these um, places and, you know, to get them to um, go for the jabs. Now, the number of vaccination uh, centers, five of them uh, will reportedly be closing as well. Why is that? Well, they're closing it because, um, you know, there's, uh, like I said earlier, the the demand goes down when Mm -hmm. vaccination rate goes up, of the population goes up. So there's no reason to keep all Mm -hmm. of them open. And right now, I think what we're seeing, um, and as what Mr. Nip said, was that the daily number is, um, the daily usage rate is hovering around 60 and 70 percent, which means that actually it's very easy to get, Mm -hmm. uh, to book an appointment or to, for the seniors to walk walk in because there's a quota right now um, and uh, it's easy for them to go to the center and get their vaccination so there's no need to open all centers 
And I think if you complement this, uh, the vaccination centers, right, with um, the outreach program, which they're going to ramp up aggressively, then I think that would work so much better. Okay. So closing those five is not a problem. Okay, Claire, in other news, a group that's been hogging the headlines, uh, the Hong Kong Alliance in support of patriotic democratic movements of China. We've got arrests of key members and today some pleaded guilty in court. What's going on? Well, the Hong Kong Alliance is a group comprising activists, opposition politicians and the pro-democracy camp. So it Mm -hmm. is known for organizing the annual June 4th uh, Mm. vigil at uh, Victoria Park to mark the Tiananmen Square crackdown in 1989. So yesterday, four key members of the group were arrested by the police's national security unit um, for failing to provide the authorities with details of the organization's finances and operations. Now, the arrests came after the police wrote to the group last month. The police uh, had asked them for, had accused the group of being a foreign agent and had asked for um, the group to furnish them with details and information. So the Hong Kong Alliance has defiantly and openly refused to cooperate. So the four were taken into custody yesterday and today the National Security Police raided the now-closed June 4 Museum in Hong Kong and it belongs to Hong Kong Alliance. Um, separately, there's also a little bit of a link to Hong Kong Alliance here because mm-hmm. 12 activists, including the vice chair of the Hong Kong Alliance, Albert Ho, and uh, former lawmaker Eddie Chu, um, pleaded guilty to unlawful assembly on June 4th last year. Mm-hmm. They admitted to either participating in or inciting others to take part in an unlawful assembly at Victoria Park. So it's a sort of a benchmark, right? In the same case, activist Joshua Wong, who is now in jail, right? And three other former district councillors, uh, they were sentenced to between four and ten months for taking part in the vigil. We are also looking at eight others, including Nick's digital um, founder, Jimmy Lai, um, and former Hong Kong Alliance chairman, Lee Chok Yen. Uh, they've pleaded not guilty and this eight will be on trial from uh, November 1st. This podcast is available on our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Like us and rate us. And now, back to our podcast episode. We're talking to Claire Huang, Hong Kong correspondent at The Straits Times. Claire, let's go back to talk about COVID-related stuff again. Tell us more about this come-to-HK quarantine-free scheme. It's now open for travelers from mainland China and Macau. What, what, what's the details in the arrangement? So, Tim, uh, non-Hong Kong residents who live and work in the mainland in Macau, Mm -hmm. uh, so this includes mainlanders, expats, expats, you know, um, will be able to enter Hong Kong uh, without having to go for compulsory quarantine from uh, September 15th, which is next uh, Wednesday. Now, this is under the uh, Come to Hong Kong uh, scheme. It will not apply to people from places in the mainland that are identified by the Hong Kong government as uh, medium or high risk, though. Mm-hmm. So this scheme will allow uh, up to 2,000 individuals daily. There's a quota. And these individuals will be subject to regular virus testing. They will have to hold valid test results and things like that. Okay, Claire. So we've also got reports of the expansion of an economic zone that's set to grow and to perhaps give Hong Kong a wider stage. So in a nutshell, banks, asset managers, professional services firms can tap the rising incomes and the expanded business opportunities of 
of the Tianhai Economic Zone in neighboring Shenzhen mm-hmm. because it's all part of this whole Greater Bay Area, you know. Um, now, this, this zone was created in 2009 and it is home to 11,500 companies with Hong Kong ties. So that's quite substantial mm-hmm. and it's expected to increase um, you know, uh, with the expansion plan. Um, Hong Kong businesses are generally optimistic, but there are some who are still undecided because details are lacking. So we'll have to watch this space. I mean, if it's anything to go by, Rachel, the Greater Bay Area Plan has been moving rather slowly. So mm-hmm. um, will this be faster? It's anybody's guess. Claire, Hong Kong tycoons limited to two election seats per family in the latest move by China to curb this traditional power bases. In Hong Kong, though, property tycoons will be limited to this. Uh, what kind of impact will this have in, in, in uh, local politics there? Well, in terms of local politics, essentially, I think you are looking at uh, greater certainty for Beijing. Uh, because, you know, the move by Beijing to cut down the sway of tycoons in mm. electing the leader of the city is not new. Beijing did that when it revamped the uh, electoral system earlier this year. So as we move towards the election committee election uh, in over a week's time, we now know for sure that the power of the business and tycoon community here uh, will be limited. Uh, and uh, tycoons previously controlled about a quarter of the votes on the, on the election committee. Um, in the past, the election committee had, uh, you know, this is a powerful body that chooses the, the chief executive, right, of mm-hmm. Hong Kong. In the past, there used to be 1,200 seats. Now, after the overhaul, it's 1,500 seats. So not only has Beijing diluted the various groups, more than a third of those seats will now be, uh, of those people, will now be selected by pro-Beijing groups. This further diminishes the opposition's uh, chances. Well, um, voting will begin on September 19 for the committee, which will then elect the city's next leader in March. And then the leader will take office in June. All right, Claire, thank you very much uh, for your updates from Hong Kong. Claire Huang, Hong Kong correspondent at The Straits Times. The Asian Insider Podcast channel is also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Like us and rate us.